Ah, geez, Gear. Bridge is going up again. Well, you know, it has its ups and downs. That's part of the fun of living on Park Point. Okay. All right. So I was thinking the other day, you know what I was thinking about? I'm going to sing you a little song. Ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, go do, ahead. Do, 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 do. You're you're doing the mash song. Yeah, correct. Everybody in the audience knows. Yes. Do you? So why would you do that? mm -hmm. See, so I recall as a child, Mash was a show um, that would be on. I mean, we would you would watch Mash. I was a kid. Oh yeah, it was a big thing. I I didn't want to watch Mash, but you know, it it was on, right? And um, and my my childhood recollections of this involved um, Alan Alda. Uh, being a guy, and um, the lady with the blonde hair being a lady with blonde hair, and they were doing doctoring. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it was. It was mm, it was a Korean War. Oh, see, but no, that's the thing. I and was I, a much older person when I realized. Oh, this is not in the Vietnam War. This is actually the Korean oh, War. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was thinking about that, uh, that, that interest that you had in the, in the TV show MASH. Why did you like MASH? Well, everybody liked MASH. It was a totally different thing. And, you know, I, I was in the Air National Guard, and uh, there was a, a connection with the Air Guard. If you notice in MASH, uh, especially in the movie, uh, through their PA system throughout the camp, there's always this background music playing, and it's always such light music, and they're, ta- they're dealing with people coming in all cut up, shot up, blasted up, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and there's this ju- delicate music playing. Aww. And it reminds me of, uh, af- after I was done with basic training, I came back here to Duluth, uh, to do my my training, and it was on the job training, and it was at the uh, at supply up at the Air National Guard. And as I, the first day I was there, I as I got out of the car, I heard this this light elevator. It was Muzak music playing actually, yeah. playing in the background. I thought, oh my God, this is just like Mash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, oh, it's boy. a real thing. It's a, this is for real. <laughs> Well, and I was I was curious about that 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 portrayal of things, and obviously the 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 drama of it is the larger drama is the war, but of course the the smaller drama of the personalities and the people. And oh, I just yeah, I just think about yeah. Al. At, who, who, what was Alan Alda's character's name? Oh, I don't know. I don't uh, know either. Uh, Benjamin Pierce, Major Benjamin uh, Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, and I just think about you know he had those bedroom eyes <laughs> and like the ladies <laughs> loved Pierce. Who? And then I just think about Alan Alda now, and he has his own podcast, and he's like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Alan Alda, and he is totally on the same continuum as Fred Rogers, really, in terms of like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, he just like wears a cardigan and is like a just sure. like a gentle, you know, elderly man, and <laughs> think yeah. his contrast to that Pierce character. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, so wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Back it up. You mentioned the Air National Guard. Oh, yes, I did that. Uh, and that was indeed during the Vietnam War, not the Korean War. You are... I'm <laughs> not that old, Not, not that right. old. Um, so right. so how did you how did you end up at the at the Air Guard? Oh, man, you're right. It was uh, towards the end of the Vietnam War, and uh, they had the, uh, the lottery to determine who was going to be drafted and who wasn't. And 365 uh, birthdays during a year... 
and uh, they just uh, started, okay, here's lottery number one, and they pulled one of 365 ping-pong balls out of the, the thing and says, okay, it's this date, and, and I came up as a lottery number 17, uh, which was pretty much a sure thing that you will be drafted by the Army, so be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year they would go up to, and, and, and they did it every year, you know, for that year's uh, birthday, I can't remember the specifics, but for those who turned 18, and it was guys, it wasn't women, but uh, who, those who turned 18 the next year probably, you know, this is your lottery number now. And you keep that lottery number forever. It's not like you would get a reprieve next year. Yeah. Uh, nope, I was going to be 17. So sure as we're sitting here, I was going to be drafted. And I have uh, a few dead friends uh, from the Vietnam War that um, I just wasn't real keen on going there. Uh, but you could fulfill your military obligation by uh, joining the Air National Guard or the Army Guard or, or Reserve. Or that. So I signed up for the Air National Guard. Now I had uh, gone down and had my physical down in uh, St. Paul, and that was quite an experience in its own right. Uh, if you ever listen to uh, the, the album uh, Alice's Restaurant, it describes the procedure pretty well. Okay. Um, inspected, uh, injected, and hopefully rejected. Uh, <laughs> the lines. But alas, but alas, you were accepted. I was a healthy, strapping lad. Yes. Ready for military <laughs> service. Uh, you would get a deferment, though, if you were going to school, if you're going to uh, what was then uh, Duluth Area Vocational Technical Institute. It is now Lake Superior College. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to UMD or you know any accredited university, uh, you would be deferred until you were out, at which time you would be uh, draftable once again. And um, being, r- ladies and gentlemen, read sent directly to Vietnam. You, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so I was going to uh, do some uh, post-high school education anyway. I'd done a quarter at UMD, and that wasn't my thing. So I was at Lake Superior College in the electronics technology course. And uh, I was through the first year and into the second and uh, the Air National Guard, I was on a waiting list, uh, which was about a two-year list. So it was a two-year program in the tech school. So I thought, okay, this will work out fine. At least I'll get my education. And uh, they, the Air National Guard uh, called and said, okay, we're ready for you to come up and uh, join the guards. Well, I'm only one month into my, my second year here. Uh, and they said, oh, well, we want you now. I said, well, can you kick my name down the list a little bit there? And they said, no, we can put it back on the bottom. Ah, oh, man, it took about a year and a half to get to be called, and a year and a half, oh, crap, I'd be drafted. Yep. So, sure enough, I'm in. Where do I have to go? What do I have to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it was, uh, it was the 1st of September, I got my notice, and I was to report for basic training. Uh, it was middle of October of that year. So off I went. Off you, I, well, middle of October, and you headed down to Texas for your basic training. Yeah, first which is, time on an airplane. All Did, right. Yeah. That's yep. terrific. Quite an experience. I bet there was more leg room then. There was a lot of leg room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all nervous, so we were smoking a lot. Yes, that all makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and being um, October, it was, you know, uh, cooler here with the leaves blowing and I uh, got to Texas, and I, I think it was like 200 degrees, but at least it was real humid. 
There you and go. And it was a, oh my God, Perfect. where am I? What have I done? Yes. Well, yeah. I think that's probably part of the of the inculcation of the military that they, they need to need to do those things. But you did oh, make yeah. it through the basic training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Surprisingly, you know, a lot of it was uh, just like... Uh, just like you see on TV, we got there on a Friday night and we slept in the dorm. It was a two-story dorm room. I would say there was, dude, 30, perhaps 30 people, 30 guys upstairs, 30 downstairs. And way too early in the morning, the DI, that was a drill instructor, not a TI, not a training. No, he was a TI. I'm sorry. In, in the Army, it was a DI, a drill instructor in the, in the Air Force. This was regular Air Force basic training now. It was a TI, a training ex instructor. Uh, he threw the metal garbage can down the stairs from upstairs and announced in a real loud voice there that it's uh, time to get up. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I'd be super good at that job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I and feel like... Might, and you might really like it. Oh, it just... I just have a loud voice. I think it would work. And we, but yeah, anyway, yes. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. You know, we, we went, went down to the chow hall. We marched down as best as we could, being a bunch of misfits mm -hmm. in civilian clothes and our long hair just flowing, and uh, had our chow. And he, we got back, and he announced to us that the barracks was a mess and was filthy, and we, we had no idea what the man was talking about. Mm. looked pretty good to me. Uh, but we, we had to clean and all that. And, of course, Monday, uh, we all went and got our haircuts. And it cost you a dollar. I guess we went to the paymaster first and uh, got our first paycheck. Uh -huh. I don't remember what it was. But then you had to go get a haircut because look at you, you're all shaggy. And uh, it was yeah, strict. Yeah, it was short enough uh, on top there that right out of the haircut, there was not enough hair that you could pinch and grab with your two fingers. Yeah. It was that short. You really shaved it off there. And all of mm -hmm. a sudden, nobody recognized anybody else. Right. Because we're all standing there. And then we went and got uniforms, and they look at you and say, yep, uh, medium, uh, 34, uh, 30 pants. And you, but I'm, and you got these things shoved at you, and there you go, move on, go get your shoes. And so then we all, had, of course, had to tr change into uniforms with our short hair. And all of a sudden, we're all the same. It was crazy. It does sound. It does sound. I mean, I, I, I imagine. I just, I just I imagine it. it. Yeah, I, I you made, made it. it through. There was lots of yelling. Oh, geez, Running yeah. with packs on your back. and No, those, no, we didn't no? have packs. That's the walking army. This oh. is the flying army. Oh, but you did have to run. <laughs> yes. Much running. Yeah. Did you have to go oh, over yeah. a wall? Yeah, we did that once, okay. uh, the confidence course, but it wasn't it wasn't army basic training. It was okay. even I could do it. All right, well, way to go, Sherry. I never claimed any particular athletic prowess. We had to go. And uh, when it was all done, it was six weeks. I came back here, and then I was to report up to the air base uh, guard, the Air National Guard side. It was an active Air Force base. It was a fighter base in those days. There were real fighter planes. They were all ready to go in case the Russians decided to come in from Canada, the planes would be scrambled and uh, we'd go get them. Well, and this is this is sort of interesting. I was looking, of course, into the history of the 140th Fighter Wing and that it has actually changed names several times over the years. Um, originally, it was the 393rd mm. Fighter Squadron and this was during World War II and its last mission was flown in 1945, it was deactivated 
for three years and then it started up again um and it has it, it changed it was one name and then it now it's 148th fighter wing um so my question to you is do you remember the plane names pop quiz you know what i don't i really don't um i do know that i was in supply and somebody came down and said you have to sign for these planes and it was what do you mean well everything came in it was transferred just like a box of donuts this plane came here and you have to sign off that it was received so there was like <laughs> 10 airplanes that check you know should i go kick the tires or something yeah and it was no no just just sign and shut up basically count um, the, count so, yeah. sign yeah good are there 10 here you know i better go take a look see yeah but yeah well, yeah. they were. What the, were they? The, the, there's two main ones that you probably would have seen, and and the first one is the F 102A Delta Dagger, okay. aka the Deuce. Okay, uh. and that was introduced in 1967. And then you pr probably also saw the F 101B Voodoo, and that was from 1971 to 1976. But the the thing that's interesting about the Deuce, the Delta Dagger, is that. Um, it was it's uh, active duty in Vietnam and and it was uh, it would fly the fighter fighter patrols and it would also serve as bomber a bomber escort. Okay. I don't exactly know what that means, but mm, yeah. um, flying around helping out the cause. Uh, and George W. Bush himself would flew, he, he flew one? the oh, deuce okay. the deuce yep in in Vietnam. Okay. So that was his. That was his thing. So, okay. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I had nothing to do with the flying of the planes. I was in supply. Yeah. Uh, and not jackets and shoes and boots. No, it was uh, uh, airplane parts, basically, and soap and pencils and all the other stuff that supply would uh, uh, provide. And, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of fun, funny times. And I, I will preface my stories of fun times in that you were deadly serious literally uh, when you signed up and you took the oath that uh, it involves saying that you're an American fighting man prepared to give your life and it was a very solemn oath and you really meant it yeah uh, so there was a, an extremely serious side just like the mash thing yeah a very serious side to it that yeah you you said that and you were gonna if yeah. you had to you would uh, that doesn't mean we didn't have any fun. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got know, it. I mean, that, you got it. Like I say, there's these... the personalities, there's the things uh, yes. that that start out with with pulling your car up and hearing the light music, and you're thinking, really, this is crazy, and you're you have it hammered in your basic training about saluting and. Uh, making square corners and uh, really the people uh, that I reported to they are Minnesota state employees who are also guardsmen but uh, during the week they were just state employees doing their job keeping the place afloat mm -hmm. you know yep and uh, I was just going to join them and uh, okay it was good times on the weekend there were, was probably 800 guardsmen that were there and during the week uh, maybe a couple hundred yeah uh, just to the the state employees and uh, uh, once a year you'd do a guard camp and at that time it simply meant you had to go there and work there uh, at the guard base for two weeks okay 
Was that yeah. was that uh, a single week, two weeks for everybody, or did that no. be kind of staggered? Throughout? No, it it was. They were so accommodating. They're really nice. Plus, they liked having the help during the week. Uh, whenever you can come in and do it, you just come in and do it. You got to just fulfill it's, that two week it, obligation. It's, it's got to be two weeks, or at least it had to at that time, two continuous mm-hmm. uh, weeks. And uh, so you know that was good. Uh, weekends they got. Uh, Oh, a little carried away. Um, you know, we didn't uh, care for the chow at the chow hall, and we would uh, uh, take off and go down to Coney Island and, and, and have some conies and then shoot back to the base there. And uh, one of the guys, uh, Bob, uh, Bob could eat a dozen conies in one sitting. With the sauce? Yeah, yeah. And uh, had a deal with the guys there that uh, if he eats 12, can he get the 13th for free? And they said, sure. So he would eat 13 conies for lunch. That's sure. so We're many conies. There. That's um, something to be proud I of. I feel like some people have special skills. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a special skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah a very a very valuable mm-hmm. skill mm-hmm. Um, for for the Air Force and life. Um, yeah. And so it, it, so t- so tell. Okay, let's listen. We know yeah. it's serious business. You're doing oh, serious yeah. things. You're working in supply. Yes, taking care of business. Mm-hmm. But let's get silly here. Defending the country. Yes. Let's talk about shenanigans. Oh man, oh, shenanigans. Do, well, you see, when it was an active Air Force base across the field, and that was the other side of the runway, uh, there was the active Air Force up and running. And during the two weeks, you were an active Air Force member, which meant you could go across the field where they had a commissary, a BX, a liquor store, and buy everything at those prices. There was an NCO club, non-commissioned officers club. It was a nightclub uh-huh. that you could go to year-round. Um, I think uh, beer was 15 cents and a mixed drink was 25. Sweet. Uh, boy, yeah, what could go wrong there, Nothing, right? nothing. And uh, we decided at one point that uh, we would go across the field at lunchtime and we'd get us a bottle of good whiskey because it was cheap. Sure. That, you know, there was no taxes on it. And we'd bring that back and we'd crack that thing about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a couple of uh, sh- uh, shooters and uh, make our way home. And uh, we did that. I think it was like $8 for a bottle of really good whiskey. Nice. And there was an ice machine uh, that was in the women's washroom. There were no women. No. Uh, so the, the washroom was never used except the ice machine. Big old commercial ice machine. So we'd take a five-gallon pail, go in there and scoop out some ice and bring that back to the receiving area. And and uh, we'd have the bottle out, some styrofoam cups and um, some water. I, I don't know if there was seven up or anything. And a cup, you know, the, to put a quarter in to buy the next bottle. And, uh, boy, a surprise was is, is like ants to a picnic. They all <laughs> really know? liked it. Oh, sure, sure. And there are those that would come back and look at that bottle and say, oh, boy, this is good stuff. And they'd slam one down and another. Well, uh, that bottle was, uh, there was but an inch or two in it after one day. Sure, yeah. So, well, it means we have to go back tomorrow and get another one. Obviously, yeah. It was a real hit. Yeah. And uh, we did go, and uh, one of the guys uh, said, you know, look at this stuff down here on the bottom shelf. It's like three bucks. And there's still some of the good stuff in that bottle. So we bought the $3 bottle. And we poured it into the good bottle to top her off, see? And uh, we stinkers. 
we set that bad boy back on the counter and they'd come back man that's good gosh wow gosh sure and these sure appreciate you guys doing this because as as they're the state employees now if they imbibed uh they couldn't go over say because they weren't active in oh, the air yes, force yes, at yes, the yes. time so mm-hmm. we were special yeah in that we could do that and yeah. So at this so time, we, we pulled it off for uh, 10 days running. At this time, you're what, 19, 20? <laughs> oh, I was uh, all of 20 years old. Yeah. yeah. And these were, and drinking age was 18 at this time. Yeah, I don't know. Went back and forth. But in the military, yeah, yeah I could drink whatever right, age right. I was at the time. It right. was all good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, you oh, guys. Good fun stuff. Yeah, make some money, a little entrepreneurship there. Yeah. You're smart. Yeah. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Clever. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. Drinking stories. Oh, man. We. We decided at one point we weren't going to do lunch there, and it was the end of the two weeks. And at the end of the two weeks, all the people who were on camp, and there was quite a few of us. It was summer, and it was one of the designated times that, you know, do it if you can. Uh, we were supposed to show up, and we would have a mass roll call at on Friday. So Friday, we decided we don't want to be late for that, so let's get out of here about 11. We went to Superior. And we were already dressed up in our dress blues with the tie, the hat, the coat, the whole thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, we started out, I think it was at Tommy Burns Bar. And I uh, had a beer, had a tap beer, and they, they were like 15 cents there, too. It was a deal. Yeah. And thought, well, that's good. Let's go up one bar. Just go up tower one bar, and let's have us another. So we go up and have another. And What do you think about lunch? No, nah, let's just go up one more bar and have another. Well, it got to be uh, about 2 o'clock. And we thought, uh-oh, we got to get back. So uh, I won't even say his name. One of the guys was driving, and he was pretty well loaded, but we shot up 40th Avenue West, up Haynes Road, and yep. through that little guard thing there. And we got there, and there wasn't a soul. They had all they had early roll call and dismissal, <gasps> and they'd all gone home. And to miss roll call, I tell you what, that's just right this side of treason. And, uh, oh boy, so, well, I was at camp, it was over, and it was going to be almost another month before there was going to be a weekend drill. So we just went home, and uh, next uh, next uh, weekend, uh, the three of us were called into the colonel's office mm-hmm. in the waiting area, mm-hmm. and the first guy went in, and he came out, and, oh man, he was looking pale, and, and, and this guy was pretty much unflappable, and... Is the colonel mad? Oh, God. <laughs> Just walked out. And then it was the second guy. I was going to be the last one in. Oh, boy. And he went in, and pretty much the same thing. He came out just looking like uh, like the fuzz wasn't going to settle for a week because he really had his chewed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I go in there, and I, I gave him my best uh, salute, and I reported, and, and I said, Sir, oh, he asked me, you know why you're here. And I said, sir, if you, you think you can give me more hell than I got when I got home that day, you go right ahead. And and this old boy who was the colonel who was pretty straight, I mean, he was pretty stern all the time. He got this smile on his face. He said, she really give you hell? I said, yes, sir, she sure did. But if you think you can do better, go ahead. And he said, get out of here. Oh, Sherry! So, <laughs> I was off the hook. You listen. <laughs> you, you got, you, you're a good talker. Well played, I thought. Well played. And the other guys, you know, God, you know, he was really mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was, was te- <laughs> that was terrible. That was ridiculous. Yeah. You talked your way out of the thing with the diamond tool guy, too. So, 
Yeah, I tell you, that's pretty a couple, good. Couple of close calls. Uh huh. Close, close calls with authority. I don't know what the authority. colonel was going to do. Throw me out? <laughs> Go oh, ahead. Well, that be too yeah, bad. No, <laughs> that wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was just all kinds of uh, fun, funny incidences. You know. Was there a, was there a particular uh, person who was always silly, or was there like a really crabby a, a guardsman? Yeah, there was a guardsman that was. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, the the punchy one of the group. He was the one who drove back after our uh, little foray down to Superior. Yeah, you know. Let's call him. Let's. Oh, what, no, we can, I'll drive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Ted, I, I don't treasure I don't my know. life. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit in the back seat. I'll be the last one to the accident. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best I could do here. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I uh, and there was a thing. See, you had to salute an officer when you were outside. You would always wear a cap when you're out, mm-hmm. and you would salute an officer. Except when you're carrying something, like a box or something, and then you don't have to set the box down mm-hmm. to salute. So I made it a special point uh, for the entire time I was there. Any time I went outside, I took a small box with me and I carried it. And all these other guys are giving these salutes to the officers. Good morning, sir. And I'd keep walking, you know, thinking, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a box. <laughs> I can't salute you. I have this box <laughs> with nothing in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, if, you're carrying a tiny little ring box, yeah. both hands. Oh, no, no. It barely, was, no. barely two fingers on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that obvious. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at one point, uh, we had gotten a misdirected shipment of cutlery and there was a rule at the time if if the value of the property was less than a hundred bucks just get rid of it because it costs way more money than that to try to figure out a home for this stuff sure just throw it out well we had this cutlery so we brought it down to the head cook down at the mess hall Mm -hmm. i tell you you couldn't have given him anything that he thought more of Oh, look at this. I said, it's not on the books, but, you know, you can you can get rid of it. Otherwise, we have to just throw it in the dumpster. Really? Oh, man. So anytime we got KP, I got KP duty, instead of doing dishes or serving, I was, uh, you're, you're from supply there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm from supply. Yeah, why don't you go in this pantry and count tomato soup cans? You got to just sit. That was my duty. You had to. (laughs) (laughs) From that point on. You got hooked up. I to hooked, to sit up. in the pantry and yeah, chill, yeah, because you brought this guy yeah. some rando knives that were yeah. going to get tossed in the dumpster. Yeah, all right. Yeah, gosh, that, that was pretty well played too. I Way thought, to work really. it. That was really oh, sure, yeah, very sure. clever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was good times, and you know it's really funny now. Uh, after September 11th, uh, right up until that time, I, I in supply. I, I went all over the base, so I knew the, the layout intimately at that time. And prior to September 11th, I could have driven my little red truck up Haynes Road through that guard shack because there was no one there, oh. not during the week. Yeah. And I could have driven around. I could have gone in the hangar, and on a nice day, the hangar doors would have been open, and I could have parked next to any one of those airplanes and uh, gotten out and walked over and maybe pushed the button to shut the doors and maybe at that point someone would have said, "Hey, can I help you?" Yeah, you know, right. it was that lax. Yeah, yep. And I have been on the base since because my my work takes me there, or did it doesn't anymore. But within the last few years, 
and they they have abandoned the, that entrance first off uh, but they have their new entrance and being uh, the good scout I am I will not get into details but I'll tell you what if you <laughs> if you have made a wrong turn you will be really sorry that you did and I am absolutely certain that the weapons they hold are not loaded with soap bubbles and the glass is thick enough and they can shoot through their portal to take you out that I mean wow to a whole nother extreme I mean I I've gone in there with with a truck that's uh, a straight truck and they are all over that thing like like stink on uh, something mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know it's will you open I mean they don't strip the truck down per se but they can see pretty much every inch of it before you make another move yeah um, so yeah things change uh, I don't know if it's for the better or not uh, they were good times I was glad I did I mean I did a, a classic move when your brother was a little one we we lived upstairs of a duplex we owned and there were stairs going down the back and the washing machine was down in the basement so I take the diaper pail down and down these stairs and it's like a story and a half's worth of stairs out the back door there and it was almost freezing and when I got to the bottom few stairs and I'm here again I'm wearing my dress blues because I'm going up in the morning to to report in and you always were dressed up I slipped on the bottom stair or so and my feet went out from underneath me and just like in the movies I threw the diaper pail up in the air and I'm laying there on the stairs <laughs> and I see this thing coming down and I, all I got out of my mouth was, oh, shh, and I was covered in this. Literally and figuratively. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah whatever, I forget the stuff you put in a diaper pail to uh, kill the smell straight away. Oh, I don't know. But, that was uh, before my time. It was long yeah. before your mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I showed up late and in my green fatigues, I had to have my uh, my, <laughs> my dress blues dry cleaned Ugh. to hopefully get the smell out. Yeah. Now, why are you late? Now, you're not going to believe this. Well, <laughs> here it yeah, is. <laughs> it was it was good times. Oh well, you know, I think the last thing I would probably want to say. I don't I don't know a whole lot, you know, about. Um, the 148th fighter wing but i do feel like i i think this would be an appropriate time to point out that we uh, in our big band the blue water big band um have played several times over the years for the at the commemorative air force lake superior squadron yeah. in superior wisconsin so i yeah. just want to do a little a little shout out um to those good folks over there the unit leader is uh, colonel bill mcmahon um a, a terrific guy and um lots of kind of cool things happening um, at the commemorative Air Force Base. It is over by the Superior Airport. Um, yeah, they're, they're preserving the history and honoring a lot of people who have uh, uh, given their all of their life uh, to a great cause. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're m mentioning them. Yeah. And uh, the 148th is alive and well, still serving us. Uh, we really don't know much about that, and that's kind of the way it's meant to be, that they're there. You don't know it, but they are. They got your back. Yep. Um, I'm just saying. Abs oh, Carol, I guess it's time okay. here. Yeah, oh, there it is. So let's, uh, yep. I, I have to Until say these time. words. 
Uh, Getting Bridged, a podcast, is researched and written by Kelly Halston Erickson, remembered and recorded by Jerry Halston at the compound on Park Point, and produced by Jerry Halston and Kelly Halston Erickson, so we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sources are compiled at rss.com slash podcasts slash gettingbridged. And you can ask questions and comment on our episodes on Instagram at gettingbridged. Joining our Facebook group group by searching Getting Bridged Podcast and by emailing us at gettingbridged at gmail.com. Special thanks to Mary and Dan. You know who you are and the many people in our lives for whom reminiscing is a varsity sport. We'll do this again. Let's do it. Bye now.